success is peace mm, for me um, and success is being at peace with who I am and doing what I'm supposed to be doing mm. on the side of life mm. that's what success is to me uh, it's changed so much because back then success for me was like success is not worrying about bills it's not like like yeah, yeah those are like byproducts but for me success to me is being at peace with who I am and doing what I'm supposed to be doing on this side of life sure. then I'll know that okay I know that's when I know that I'm being successful You are listening to the Journey on Earth, the podcast, where each week I, the host, Ola Rato, uncover journeys in wellness, business, parenthood, and so much more. I created this podcast that will not only validate and value our stories, but will motivate us to have the courage to continue to build the stories we want for ourselves. From time to time, I like bringing you some deep dive conversations with incredible guests to uncover their journeys and topics highlighted. They also share their secrets to cultivating a good life. So tune in for some good conversation every Tuesday. Hey guys, welcome back to the Journey on Earth, the podcast. In studio with me today, I have Yufani Babi Khadima. Um, what stood out for me when I went through your story was your holistic approach to wellness. And you talk a lot about faith, self-care and self-love, and that resonated deeply with me. So I had to have you here as my guest today in studio. So thank you so much for allowing me to sit here with you to have this conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm really, I'm actually quite humbled at the opportunity to be able to tell my story mm -hmm. and to just engage with you on your platform because I have been following it for a while. Wow. <laughs> and how I happened upon it was actually, um, I believe it was God's way. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Today, I didn't know how to focus on one topic with you because really... <laughs> No, I promise you, there was a lot to touch on. So even my question today, they're almost everywhere. Don't but, worry, go with yeah. the flow. <laughs> so I'll really try my best. So before we kick off things, I want you to give us a brief on who is Bobby. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, when I thought of that question, I was like, "Wow." Um. So Upavi is um born in Springs mm -hmm. in the East Rand. Um, and then I spent the one third of my life in Forslerus. Um, my dad still lives there with my stepmom. Um, so when I say one third, my parents divorced when I was like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I became, my, my life became very nomadic. So, um, right now, currently my dad is still there and then my mom is based in Soweto. So I, when I tell people where I'm from, I'm from Soweto cause that's where I've been mm. for the most part of my life recently. Um, Upavi is, um, firstborn, Biaga, Vincent and Unantlantla. And then middle child on Vincent's side because I've got, um, it's the eight of our seven siblings in wow. total. <laughs> So I'm a middle child, but I, I don't really have the middle child syndrome. Um, she, I'm ambitious. I'm very loud. And a lot of people sometimes don't really see that when they meet me the first time until they spend a lot of, a lot, a lot more time in my space. I'm loud. I'm very loving. 
Um, and it can also be my weakness. Mm. <laughs> I love a lot. I give a lot. I think I live up to my name because my name is Baba Lord means to take care of people and to have mercy. Mm. So I've, I've always lived out my name. It's been my strength and my weakness. I mean, that's why I am. I think as we go through the interview, we'll be able to unpack because there's just so many pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. Mm. Every time I talk about <laughs> mental issues and just stories that, could I say, dive deep into our story? I always yeah. want to ask this question. What mm. is the one thing that you have had to overcome in your life that has carried you through to where you are today? Sure. If I had to think of one thing. I can't really say one thing. I'd mm-hmm. say everything that's happened to me, mm-hmm. everything that I've, all the trauma that I've been through um, is one thing that I have to, I've had to go through that has carried me through to where I am. But... I, I believe that healing is consistent. It never ends. Um, so I can never really say one thing because if I look at things from a uh, pessimistic perspective, mm-hmm. if there's such a thing, um, I could say, geez, I've been through so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still standing. Nothing can kill me. Even I can't kill me. Um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Someone actually said that to me and made me realize that, mm, actually, I've been through it all. So mm. I can never really pick out one thing because there's just so much from childhood trauma um, to trauma in my teens and into my adult life and into surviving um, uh, the, the worst uh, suicide attempt that I had. So putting all of that together, I must say, that's the one thing that I can say, uh, surviving all of those things and still being able to to smile and for me it's never been about it being a privilege i think i do it intentionally to be happy because i feel like my life has been marred with so much pain and scars that i have no choice but to be happy so i really choose happiness and being positive Mm. i am intentional about it because i feel like i'm at a point in my life where i can actually now choose with all the other things that happened those things happened to me Mm. i did not choose them so putting all of those things in one bag and saying, ah, this is the trauma, this is what I've been through, these are the struggles, I'm still healing through all of them, but I still choose mm. to be happy. And I think that's what confuses a lot of people mm. about me um, because they expect me to be so reduced. Mm. And it's not a bad thing. It does not come from a bad space. Mm. I think it's just the psyche of a person to say, geez, I'm if I went through all of the things you've been through, I would never be able to survive. Right. Um, so for me, it's been by the grace of God yeah. and also just being intentional yeah. to say, look, you went through this since you were um, a child, a toddler, whatever, and a lot of things happened. Mm-hmm. But every day I have to fight to say, I want to be happy. And what I love about what you just said and also what I've seen, I think, from just the glimpse of social media is that... Mm-hmm what you're talking about intentionally choosing happiness and joy it's not a matter of concealing or hiding what you're going through you are still sharing that part and acknowledging it and giving it space but at the same time you are choosing joy Mm -hmm. which is something so beautiful to see really happen at the same time so our conversation today uh, will touch on your story with mental health mm-hmm. and you as a skin expert and what you do on social <laughs> yes. media that we know. Uh-huh. Um, 
Currently, you are living with bipolar disorder, depression, and temper- temporal lobe. Oh, it's hard to, <laughs> to pronounce this word. Temporal lobe epilepsy. Um, when did you find out you had these mental health issues and what prompted you to actually go for a diagnosis? So um, I've been living with, I've, I've known and I've been diagnosed with depression since 2011 mm-hmm. and how that happened was that so by then by 2011 i had had i'd attempted suicide twice sure. um i'd overdosed and then i just i think from when i was a, a teenager and the trauma that i'd been through i mean i'd been molested for six years since i was like three or four until i was nine and then i got raped when i was 24 <clears throat> so this happened I was living in Nelspreet I was working that side I got raped by a guy that I knew <laughs> a guy from church mm. um, so I'm touching I'm sharing that because you'll be able to understand how my relationship with God began to evolve and oh, okay. why it's where it is right now so I was raped by this guy and then um, it really it traumatized me and I remember a week um, after the incident, so when the incident had happened, I, 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 I could not understand. So when I say I could not understand, I couldn't understand why it happened again. Because when I was a child, when that happened, I did not have an understanding of sex, consent, and all of mm. that. It, it was a traumatic thing to go through as a child, um, but then as an adult, it became worse because now I'm fully aware mm. of what I was fully aware of what had happened. And even after that happened, the guy continued to torment me. Um, and then I went to, yes, okay. he made my life a <laughs> living hell. Um, and then, um, I went to, I went to, um, I went to see a therapist and then we started unpacking, um, so then I had to go through counseling and then we started unpacking things. And then that's when it came out that I have depression and then that got made, it made things worse, the rape. Mm. So I lost my, it affected me at work. I lost my job. I got ulcers. I, I lost everything Mm. because I remember when I went back home, I went back home. I had nothing because I had to sell what I had to pay off rent, to pay off money, to go back home. My mother, it was not sitting well with her and I got sick, I was in hospital. That's when I started developing ulcers and all of that. And then I had not told her, sorry, um, what was going on. All she knew was she could see me wasting away. I became so skinny, I just became sick. I lost my mind. I remember, one night I took everything that was glass in that in the in the apartment and I broke it. I shattered everything. I had an episode and a friend had to come over and calm me down and mm. I had to take tranquilizers. It was bad. Um one morning I woke up, I had been crying for so much to the point where my tear ducts got infected. I had pus coming wow. out of my eyes. Wow. Yes, it was it was bad. Yeah. And I think that incident traumatized me so much because I was now aware mm. that I was raped, I was violated. This person didn't stop when I said no. This person did continued whilst I was crying and screaming. And afterwards, this person says we need to pray so that he can get forgiveness. 
and oh. then he terrorizes me he harasses me he comes to my place he it was it was it was bad that's absolutely insane yeah no he went he, he went insane and going to the justice system and the lawmakers telling you that look you can open a case you can go ahead however you would have to be angry for a long time because um, there's mm. a backlog in the system. It'll take seven years. Being questioned as to how did it happen, why, what did you do, you know, it became that. So I went home, lost my job, um, and then I lived at home. And then only uh, the following year in 2012, Jan, I told my mom. So she didn't know all this She time. didn't know. And that's when I also even told her about the molestation and the rape and everything that happened when I was a child. She cried. <laughs> yeah, she. <laughs> I think I'm going to shed tears. She cried and she was so angry and she was like, no, we need to go for this guy. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't know that this was going to be a teary um, interview. But um, she cried so much mm -hmm. Because I think as a mother, she kind of felt like she felt, but I said, no, it's not your fault. Yeah. Um, what happened, happened. So then I was diagnosed with depression then. Um, and then I, I, I did not treat it properly. So then events kept on happening in my life mm -hmm. that were triggering it and it was compounding. And I only realized this when I had a conversation with my father. My father is very, very supportive mm -hmm. because he understands um, mental health a lot. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, Papa was like, are you aware that your illness was compounding? So I had depression and then it compounded. And then in 2018... Um, 2017 i had an incident that traumatized me again like there were just so many events where um my uber driver and i were held hostage for an hour by oh. taxi drivers wanted to burn the car it was either they burn the car or they i go with them they take me with and, and it was a triggered. big thing it triggered everything then mm -hmm. going to the police station them not wanting to help it triggered that but then obviously then you you just go to your doctor and the doctor then started putting me on medication and I was put on anti-anxiety medication and I was put on tranquilizers for a while. I took those, but then, and that was in 2017, got worse than 20, 2017. Um, I was seeing someone, I got raped again in 2017. I actually oh. put this out on, yes, I put this on social media. I get, this one was, um, again, a guy from church. <laughs> A pastor. A I, yeah, there was a Twitter storm last year because I had to confront him. Um, mainly because it was during the time when people were putting out the lists of people who had violated them. And I felt like it was my duty and it was my obligation to actually right. speak out against this. And I was getting mm -hmm. very sick and tired of the hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. So I put it out there. Uh, and then he on his timeline denied it um people said to him hey we saw your name on the list and he said no that's not true she's lying blah 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 so we're not following each other and then someone showed me that hey this is what he's saying and that triggered me but it, it, in, an, in a very empowering way and i confronted him i said why are you saying i'm lying because i have your i have proof you mm -hmm. apologized for what you did through text yes and by a phone call because you knew what you did so why are you saying that i'm lying i did not consent and you apologized you felt bad and you wanted me to carry your guilt mm. for you because mm. you knew what you did so i said don't don't call me a liar 
if I am a liar, it's fine, then sue me for defamation. But then I have all the, the, the documents and I have the emails. And I mean, even when I broke, because we were engaged and then I broke up the engagement and everything. Um, and I put it on email to say, this is why I'm breaking up with you because of X, Y, and Z. And my dad was like, it's good that you have a paper trail and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I told him, I said, don't, don't call me a liar. So he's been off Twitter for <clears throat> since that whole thing yeah. but yeah so uh, that's why i'm saying that there were so many things that just kept on happening but i kept on pushing them down pushing it down pushing it down 2018 was a rough year for me um i remember i was just really going through it going through the most and i attempted suicide again and it was the sure. worst and the funny thing is the night before i was at peace i think I just got to a point in my life where I was just tired of um, having to take medication to be okay, Mm. Um, having to be triggered. I just got to a point where I felt like, okay, I just want to live my life without having to take pills, just knowing that, okay, the day is going to be fine, Mm. or I just want to live my life without being triggered by men. In general, because then I was at a point in my life where I felt like every painful thing that's happened in my life was done to me by men. By me, yeah. And most importantly, black men, it hurt me. And I always wanted to reconcile how, because my dad, my uncles, and my late grandfather were amazing. Mm. The opposite of the men who did the things that they did to me. So it was, it's always been a catch-22 for me because... I can say that I do have supportive men in my life, my father, my uncles, um, and my brothers. Mm. And my older brother and I are very, very close. Very, very close. Um, so I then I went to hospital. Obviously, when you're there because you've hurt yourself, then you're on suicide watch. I was in ICU. Very angry yeah. because the plan was this time. I should not wake up. Um, and I remember my grandmother when she came in, she had tears in her eyes. And she said, I thought we had fought this thing. Yeah. And my mother looked like she was recovering from grief. Because when I got the whole story of the suicide, um, the the emergency um, personnel was struggling to resuscitate me. Uh, And my cousin... She's the one who called the emergency person because she felt that there was something that was not okay. And I mean, the day before I told my dad that I'm going to do it, and my dad was like, no, you can't. You can't give up. You've come so far. I was like, I'm tired. Mm. I was like, I'm just tired, 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 tired. Um, And I remember he wanted to come and pick me up, and then I lied to him. I said, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. And then he was driving to me. Then he turned around. Um, I'm crying because uh, when I survived, sorry, the suicide and I started the healing process, Mm. I think my dad, (laughs) he's kind of like never been the same. He, I think he feels like he could have stopped it. I mean, now now things are better. Uh, I think then he feels like he shouldn't have turned around. Oh. 
And then my mother was was angry mm-hmm. because she felt like <sighs> being told that my child is dead, they can't resuscitate her. Oh no, they resuscitated her. She said, I see you. So uh, then that's when I was diagnosed. I was, I was I got I got like this is like my third psychiatrist <laughs> that I have. <laughs> Sometimes I want to fire her as well. <laughs> But um, she's the one who's then diagnosed me, and then she also picked up the temporal lobe epilepsy. Okay. So yeah, and then they put me on mood stabilizers. So I've been living and knowing this for for ten years. For ten years. It's just that only now um, I'm starting to treat it and manage it. Mm. So yeah, it's a long process i had to just tell the story to give context Mm. as to where it all comes from because a lot of times when we are diagnosed um we tend to look at the time we're diagnosed but we don't look at the history we don't look at what has happened in the last six months in the last 12 months in the last year or was there a traumatic event that happened because how I even got to bipolar is that it was actually, it started with PTSD. That's what we we've come, we found out with the medical team that I went through PTSD with being traumatized as a child mm-hmm. and being molested and raped. And through the years, it kept on compounding and it became depression. Then it became bipolar. Sure. How has healing <laughs> been like for you each day? How does Ooh. it look like? <sighs> healing... It's a, it's a sliding scale. Some days you don't want to work on your healing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, and, and, and how that looks like is some days I wake up and I mean, I have a nine to five job and uh, I have to show up for the job. But then it's so difficult because I can't even show up for myself. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So it's, Getting out of bed is such a win. Mm. It is such a win. Making your bed <laughs> is is an achievement. Praying and meditating is a big achievement because I've got days where I don't feel like talking to God. And there are those days. Yes. Yeah. And I think people don't like owning that. People like acting as if... Uh, they talk to God all the time. Yeah. But I think my relationship with God has evolved in such a way where it's, I think it's just on another level. It's so untouchable. Mm. It's immovable. It's unshakable. And when I don't want to talk to him, he's even okay with it. He doesn't, it, God is not insecure about that. So there are days where I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Um, or I've had a bad dream, or my body's sore, or I'm going through a period where I'm having seizures in my sleep, and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And I still have to get to work. And then that's when the pills do their job. But there are times where I don't even want to, like I tell my psychiatrist that there are times on weekends where I don't want to take my antidepressants because I want to feel what I feel. Mm-hmm. And she'll say, okay, let's just flush them down maybe on weekends. Um, take one mm. less or whatever. Because I feel that or I believe it's important to take your medication. But it's also important to feel and to acknowledge what you feel. Mm-hmm. 
so that you can deal with it because that's why most people even when they are on medication they do relapse mm. because sometimes it gets to a point where the medication can't even do the work of balancing the chemicals and all of that mm. so healing every day there are days where i'm like yeah it's a good day and i've learned to work with bipolar so much <laughs> that even my friends and people in my circle understand that when I'm going through a high, I'll tell them that, hey, I'm going through a hypo, a hypermanic episode. So I need to get all these ideas out. I need to churn out, you know, mm. I'll spend a whole day shooting content. I'll just work with it because I know that I'll have a low episode, a depressive episode because oh, bipolar is okay. like that. Okay. And it's a sliding okay. scale. Because yeah. people tend to think when you're bipolar, you switch like, no, it doesn't work like that. You'll have, you'll be, I'll be very energized. I'll be very chatty at work. I'll be willing. And that's when I'll be like, okay, this is my time. Mm. <laughs> Let me just put everything in that I need to do, do everything in advance. So that when I'm having my depressive episode, then it I just down. sink into it. I've learned to do that, right. not to fight it. Mm. So that's what healing looks like with me. Mm. So you balance both in a I sense. I balance both. Yeah. Mm. And I love that you actually like acknowledge and own actually that mm. sometimes you don't want to work on your healing. Yeah. That is so beautiful to yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people think that healing is constant. Yeah. Like every day you have to show up for it. Yeah. Some days. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually not showing up is showing yeah. up sometimes. And you there's know? so much pressure on social media to show up you know, mm. for everything mm. to do this. But I mean, there are days where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to chill in my pajamas. It's the weekend. Mm. I'll cancel my appointments. I'm just going to lie on the couch. <laughs> Today, I don't feel like dealing with my, I do that. I'm like, I'm packing it away. I'm not mm. dealing with temporal lobe. I'm not dealing with bipolar. Or different. Mm. Like guys, I'll see you guys another time. Right now, I just want to mope. Yeah. Yeah. feel sorry for myself for the day and the following day I'm like okay cool let's do it again mm. I want to ask you this though what mm. are some of the misconceptions that you've had to deal with around people about yeah. mental health yeah um, there are so many uh, people don't understand they don't understand mental health mm. because they can't see it And whereas it's actually the worst illness because it can cause other illness that come up physically. Mm. And people don't get that. Misconceptions are that you 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 doing it to yourself. Um for me personally, misconceptions have been uh how are you such a great how how do you deliver how do you perform so well in other areas of your life but you're going through bipolar I, that's not true mm. yeah i get that a lot whereas they're actually people I'm a, I'm a functional depressive person okay yes so how what does, does that like? what it looks like for me is that i can be so depressed yeah and i'm functioning so well and then two weeks later you'll hear that um like with the suicide that's what happened it was like, yeah. Ah, so I was living through functional depression. I show up. Okay. I will show up. I will do the work. I will drown myself in the work. Mm -hmm. Only people who are very close to me will see. So the one thing that people who know me will pick up on that I'm not okay is I'll be off social media. But when it comes to work, I will show up. You won't even know. Mm. 
Thank you for putting a word to it. It's functional <laughs> yeah, there are, yeah, there are so many. There are so many people who are like that, hey? Yeah. So many. Because remember, um, I've got the depression and I'm relapsing. But then I'll, I'll probably be taking my multivitamins and everything, things to keep me energized. I'll be eating okay. right and all of that. Just to give me energy, but my emotionally or my chemicals are not imbalancing. And that's why people like myself are very, it's very dangerous for us because when we crash, we really crash and people don't see it coming. People are always left with, but she's doing this, but it doesn't make sense. She's, yeah. but you know, we've had um, people who've like, um, uh, uh, attempt to kill, attempted suicide or they've died from suicide mm-hmm. and you didn't, we didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Those are function. They function through their mental health they're hiding it Mm -hmm. they're functioning through it so misconceptions are that because i'm functional it means that i'm not Mm. but then depression shows up in different ways Mm. sure yeah (sighs) (laughs) i don't even know how to dive into another topic after what we've spoken about (laughs) it's okay (laughs) okay So you generously share about faith and holding a personal relationship with God. Do you have a morning routine or a spiritual practice that starts your day? I do. Okay. Um, wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I do my affirmations mm. or I sing a song. Mm. There's a song that my grandmother used to love singing when we were, my late grandmother used to like singing when we were kids uh, to wake us up for prayer. And we used to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, in, it's an Adventist hymnal about, it says that, Lord, in the morning when I rise, mm. um, I'll lift my soul to you. It's basically just thanking God that you wake oh. up. And the funny thing is, I used to hate it then because we'd hear her singing downstairs and then she's coming up and we know that oh, we need to now wake <laughs> up. And she'll open the curtains while she was singing and she had this beautiful soprano. So now the funny thing is, in my adult um, life, when I wake up, that's the first song I hear oh. in my head. I literally hear her singing that song. And it resonates so much with me, especially with the words. It's about thanking God for a new day, mm. affirm, affirming, you know, myself and who I am. So I do that, then I lie in bed, which is why even when I look for partners or dating, whatever, I would, I could never be able to date a person who, when they wake up, the first thing they do is they want to jump out of bed and talk. I, I can't, mm. I, 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 I'm, I need silence for an hour. So I'll wake up, have my songs in my head and I'll literally lie in bed for an hour. Then I look at my scriptures, the word of the day. I'll read that. Then I'll share the word of the day. Um, that's the only way I'll touch social media. Like in the first hours, like I'll post it okay. to the, share it onto the timeline. And then I open my Bible and I read the chapter to get context. And then um, after that, I listen to my um, affirmations by Ianla. Uh. She has weekly affirmations. I'll listen to those as I meditate through them. I love the fact that it's weekly, so I'll listen to the same thing every day until it mm. you know, resonates with me. I'll do that. And then I meditate for 10 minutes. And then afterwards, still, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm still in my zone. Good thing is I'm on my own. But you know, there are people who want to call and whatever. So I don't want to engage anyone. I listen to, I have a playlist um, for the morning that I'll oh, have nice. playing in the house. And then I'll just, yes. And then I'll just 
if let's say I've got like half an hour, I'll sit. Um, I'll sit and I'll, I'll move to the lounge. Then I'll sit on the couch and just be quiet. Mm. Um, if I'm having a day where the spirit is moving me to say, um, you need to really, really connect. I'll go to my um, the other bedroom where I've got a prayer corner and altar that I've created there. That's beautiful. And then I will put on a candle, put on in purple, and I will just sit in it and mm. listen to what the Holy Spirit actually wants me to hear. And the reason why I say that is because every single thing that I do is intentional to the content that I post, to the flat lays that I take. They're wow. not my ideas. They're from God. It's the Holy Spirit. I totally get you. <laughs> they are, it's not mine. Yeah. So I need to download. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit is saying, today I want us to shoot flat lays, and let's say it's a Sunday, mm. and I'll be like, hmm, okay, fine. Mm. I I know that it means I need to now go to Umsamawami. I need to pray. I need to listen. And I'll be told that, okay, this is what you need. This is all you need to put together. That's literally how, like, I, I, I can never explain my, my flat lays. Mm. It's the Holy Spirit. So that's why I need to, that's why it's important for me to follow my, my morning rituals and my night rituals mm. as well, to hear what I need to do, because then that's when I get the message, mm. and which is why silence is so important. I don't know how <laughs> people start their day off on a bang, mm. With noise, you know, um, I've been in relationships where I'd have to say, can you please keep quiet? <laughs> and I think maybe that's why I've never been able to um, live with a partner. I haven't because of that, because my space is so sacred and I do things a certain way. Oh, and then by the way, I have my vision board on my um, wardrobe. So when I open my eyes, I see it Wow, as well. That so helps. that's my morning ritual. That helps. That helps. I love that you say silence and solitude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, me too, that's where my reservoir gets filled. Yes. You know, um, when I don't write on social media, just know that I haven't heard anything from God because I've been too busy for him. You know? <laughs> exactly. But when I have like a moment of stillness and really I tune myself, I have so much to say and write about. So, right. Mm, that's the beauty of having that relationship. I love yes. it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Okay, so now diving deep into our next section, which yes. is what you do on social media. Uh-huh. Yeah. When one camps on your social media page, they are certainly guaranteed to leave with inspired, actually. First off, inspired. And also just enlightened on self-care topics like skin and hair care. I read that you are a qualified somatologist with an experience yes. spanning almost 15 years. That's a lot. It is. <laughs> of skincare and wellness. And one of one and on your social media page, you are an influencer. You mm. worked with brands like Nilotica, Corium, Yokoko, mm. and I think the Juice brand as yes, well. Yes, Namala. Yes. Mm. When did you when did your journey actually begin as um and your passion for skin and hair care? When did your journey as an influencer begin? Mm. That was God's plan. Mm. Because my plan in, 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 in matric was that I was going to do drama. I was going to follow a career in drama or fashion designing. Mm. So I've always been a creative <clears throat> person. And I get this from my mom. My mother's very creative. 
she can do so many things with her her hands and like the thing about my mom that i got from my mom is when she visualizes something she's able to do it put it okay. yeah into the physical um world so my plan was to do that back then my dad was like no mm. you have to study something else you can't you know so choosing somatology was an act of rebellion but then at the end it worked out mm. because i love people people are interesting and when i say i love people i don't like people but i love them so what i mean by that is <laughs> i i love being by myself yeah but I love people because I find people fascinating. Um, I love studying people. I love the things that they do. And I get so much um, from them. Uh, so I chose somatology. I did it. I finished it. But I spent so much of my time on the arts campus because I was studying oh. at TUT. <laughs> so in TUT, the, the residence that I was living at, was next to the arts campus so mm. and i had friends who were studying drama there so i spent most of my time there but i was still studying and i completed my studies so that's how it happened and then i i grew in love with it because i found the skin so fascinating okay it tells a story like i can be with you and i can already tell that okay this person is probably travels a lot this person mm. eats like this this is this person's sleeping habits, or this is what's happening. And I, I guess I had a knack from it, which is a gift from God, to be able to um, make it relatable to people. Okay. Because you can have, because I mean, when we study, we did like your chemistry, microbiology, and all those deep scientific things. <laughs> things. <laughs> but having to make it speak to a person, have a conversation with you and tell you that this is what's happening with your skin and make it simple so that you can see that, oh, this is what's happening in my life that's making my skin to act like this. Okay. And people actually don't think that there's a relation, a correlation between mm. that. And there is. So then um, in 2011, 2012, when I'd lost my job, I was at home and then I decided, hey, let me start Skin Therapist as okay. a page on Twitter educating people about skincare I, and the thing is i love sharing i love 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 sharing. i can like, see you share yourself I, so generously <laughs> wow. if i find something new i'm like wow does anyone else i need to tell people about this people mm. need to know about this so that was it i did skin therapist essay i pushed i pushed i pushed that and it was a very great platform and i mean then i got the uh what's this i started brands started like inviting me to the events mm. i'd be flown to cape town Durban, <sighs> and stuff yeah and this is back in 2012 before we even had the era of influences mm. and stuff for me it was just about i actually feel like people need to know said so when they spend their money they spend their money on the right things mm. so for me it was like i was just passionate about people buying the right products for their skin. I felt like people had so many things in their cupboards, products that they were buying because this is what the media is mm -hmm. pushing down on them, but they don't even know what their skin type so is. So do you consult? I consult, but not in full anymore because it takes so much time okay. with the day job that I have right now. Okay. Um, so that's how I got into 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 that. And um, it's just the passion. I did workshops across the country 
where I was educating people. I'd just um, sell tickets for 20 women. I'd partner with restaurants and all of that. You must tell me how you do that. (laughs) (laughs) So... I just, nice. I just loved it, and I mean, right now, I even have, a, I'm planning a, um, I'm planning a masterclass because I haven't done it for years. Yeah. I mean, the last time I did it was in 2013. Mm. I haven't done a, a skincare masterclass in years, and this year I'm planning one for, for now in a few months. I'm glad that you actually shouted out. Yeah. Said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's, that's just that's the, the whole skincare thing. It's just. I love it. I can't explain it. I mean, even when I start talking about skin with a person, I glow up. Wow. I mean, my manager, so my day job has nothing to do with, I, with what I do at night. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm in computers and tech okay. during the day. Okay. Night, it's skincare. My manager I thought they were related, me, hey? Nah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but yeah. I, I left the beauty industry to do this thing on the side because the problem was... I would be working for a cosmetics house. Um, like, I mean, I worked for L'Oreal. I'll mention it now because it's in the past. Mm. I worked for L'Oreal. And I'd have to stop what I was doing. Mm. Because it would be conflict of interest. All right. I get it. Then I, I prayed. I had a conversation with God in 2017. I was like, God, I'm going to start looking for a job. But it cannot be in beauty. Okay, you were intentional I about was it. intentional because right. I, want beauty to, I want beauty to be something I do at night. Okay. So then I got this job with this great multinational company. It's doing well. And then, um, so I was just saying that the way I'm so passionate about skincare is that in my interview, I ended up talking about it. <laughs> Are you serious? And yes. And one of my, my, she's one of my managers now who was interviewing me, ended up going to buy the stuff I recommended wow. in my interview. And then this week, during the week, my manager says to me, um, where do you buy your stuff online? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, mm. what do you want? What do you want to do with your skin? Mm. I must consult with you okay, after so, this, actually. <laughs> yeah, so I'm that kind of a person. Then I start sending links. I'm like, use this. This is going to do this for you. Use this. This is, what, this yeah. is what's going to happen. So it's just, for me, I, I just, I love it. And okay. I feel it makes people feel good and it saves people money. That's yeah. the whole intention for me to save money. Because okay. you're spending so much money on things you don't need mm. or things that are not good for you. Okay. So just to quickly, um, I think one of the things that I wanted to understand was what is the most underrated thing uh, about the work as an influencer? What has been your biggest lesson in this industry? My biggest lesson in this industry is that um, you have to have a following to influence. So... The industry has made influencing look like numbers. Okay. But it's not numbers. When you are in the arena, you realize that it's not numbers. Yes, you realize that. I've even gotten to a point where when I create my post, I don't like it when I get a lot of likes and I don't get comments. Oh, it's about the engagement. I want to engage. Cool. So sadly, in South Africa... um, it's so we're so far gone out that it's about if you have a certain number of people on your page, then it means mm. you are influencing. Mm. You can have two hundred thousand followers, but you can't you can't influence me to make a a a, a decision. Mm. So those are the things that I'm seeing being in this industry. Um, even when I boost my posts, sometimes I'll even 
pause a post and say, I don't want to boost this anymore because all I'm getting is likes and, and likes. I want to get comments. So then I have to go back to the drawing board and say, God, what, where did we mess up? Was it the caption or what did we do? What's happening? Mm. Let's get back to this because it's about the engagement. Mm. You're so right. I find that time to replenish, I always say this, I find that time to <laughs> replenish to be essential uh, to prevent burnout and just to protect your mental health. As an entrepreneur, how does self-care look like for you? And I'm actually thinking about my, I got this affirmations journal by Pemi. Um, I was at an event last week. And yeah. And in those, like, there's a, with a on day one, she asks about, um, how um self-care would look and how taking time out looks like like for you in the morning during the day on the weekend and self-care is so important i think a lot of people think that self-care is also about is only about the massages the facials and all of that self-care is also about reevaluating your circle mm-hmm. um for me this year self-care has looked a lot like that about uh streamlining mm. so i always tell people that i treat myself like a company okay. um who do i want <laughs> <laughs> i do i mean even when i want to um look like if you want to date or be with someone it's about like it's a job post to mm. meet the job description mm. do you have you what are the job specifications so even with me i treat myself like that and what i mean by that is that i'm the organization who do i want to sit at my table in the boardroom who do i want to be my um acquaintance like my junior staff like i have to organize my life like that and the reason why that is so important for me with self is because i have to navigate an illness that can burn me out so Mm. I can't have too many people around me because it means I have to expend so much energy. So it means I need to now show up at this one's KG's party, this one's marriage and whatever. So um, self-care has looked like it's about, it's been about streamlining for me to say, okay, these are my people. These are my people who are in my corner. This is my circle. These are acquaintances. So I I should not steamroll over my circle to go to the acquaintances because I need to reserve my energy so replenishing yourself also means like having preventative measures too because if you have too many friends your weekends end up being about catching up and hooking up catching up and Mm. catching up and you burn out Mm. so when you manage that and say all right these are the people that i'm actually relating with and these are the people who treat me like a priority and the people i treat like a priority so these are people who are in my circle then only do you have time to replenish then only do you have time to sit down and be with yourself, have quiet times. I mean, and then that's when the things like massages, manicures, and all of those start to fit in because now you've got time for them. But if you've got too much happening in your life, you can't make time for replenishment because you want, you've said that I'm going to show up for or tanned you, tame you, whatever. But then now you're not showing up for them then it puts a strain on the relationship. Now there's all that negative and emotional energy. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot. So you need to first do that. Like I've become intentional to a point where I'll plan and I'll say that um, um, I'm going to be doing uh, every second month, I'm going to be seeing a, a certain friend. 
So okay. if I've seen Opatio in January, it means I need to see her again in March. If I see Ukugu in March, it means I need to see her in July. Like that's how intentional wow. I've become. Because now when I look at my my month, it's like, okay, what am I doing the first week? The first weekend I'd like to go hiking on a Saturday and then we go to church. And then Sunday, I need to do this. Or this one Sunday, I want to spend with my mom. Or you need to monitor your... I monitor that. Or to say mm. that every Sunday, I know that in the mornings, it's mine and my mom's time. Because okay. I don't live at home. Yeah. So we'll have a FaceTime call for like hours. Okay. And then from 12 o'clock, if I, have an, if I have an appointment or a date, I always make sure it's later on because I know that's my time. So I'm very intentional. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's, that puts things together. Like, you yeah. don't need to organize your work life only. You need yes. to organize your life as well, you know? Exactly. It makes so much sense because then you have time that you... To, to yeah. replenish. To yes. replenish. To have your own long time, yes. which is so essential. So it's not like you are somehow when you have no... <laughs> I do that as well. Do you? At least I feel I normal. Because when you explain it to other people, um, <laughs> they'd be like, okay, um, let's hook up. And I'd say, I need to check my calendar when... Mm. And people think that, like, you're talking to me in February. I'm, I've already planned my March. Sometimes mm-hmm. I even plan my quarter. There are things I mean for eventualities and stuff like that. Yeah. I do like to say, okay, this weekend this is what I'm doing. This weekend this is what I'm doing. Okay, whatever. I'm not there. I I have to plan because I cannot have time to replenish if I don't plan. If everything is chaotic, chaotic then yeah. how am I going to have time for self-care? When am I going to fit in time for that at-home facial? Mm. When am I going to fit in time to say, hey, you know what? I want to actually go for a body mass, a, a full body massage. Mm. How are you going to do that when you don't plan? So, I mean, um, once again, when you look at it on social media, you see a, 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 a synopsis of it. But when you have to put it a practice into it into your life it's something else and that's one thing i'm grateful for about being in a mental health um, facility because we had classes mm. that's where i learned that mm. that you actually have to like we'd have a circle and they'd say this period this um these hours need to be for this 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 this, this. so that taught me then to say okay i need to plan so because i know that when i'm depressed i withdraw i need to ensure that every weekend i go out of the house mm. so whether like I'm here now, I know that okay, I've come out here now, I've come for this um podcast interview, or I'm going to see a friend for lunch, or I'm going to church, or so you you need to. So you can't talk about self-care and having me time when you have not organized your life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So now to close off the <laughs> to close up our conversation um i saw actually you're part of a book club yeah well. it's my you? friends book it's club. Friend. i go there mm-hmm. so i've been bad because I, I missed the the first one and she was going on and on about it i'm mentioning this because it speaks to the point that we're talking about i'm um, and all mm-hmm. of that <laughs> so now her and i like jabbing at each other teasing each other so mm. she um she runs i'm literally a literary alliance with nisi mm-hmm. they have book clubs and they call they have authors like um who write african literature it's very mm, beautiful it's so beautiful yeah. and it's amazing you should go so they had one and they do dr Thaleng. Mm. so she's my twitter mommy mother <laughs> <laughs> so now every time i'm told i always like we chat and like oh mommy you look so beautiful hey traveling blah blah, blah. so then my friend 
decides to troll me and she's like yeah but you didn't come to the book club uh. <laughs> why didn't you come to the book club and I'm like uh my budget and mm. my time mm. and she's like what do you mean i'm like you need to increase increase my entertainment <laughs> allowance mm. <laughs> to go but so i go i go i go there um uh it's very it's very grounding i love being around women mm. especially black women mm. oh black women queer people like this 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 energy like it's like when you leave you feel like okay i'm fed it's a recharge yeah so that's why i go to that book club it's amazing so mm. i go there and it's part of the things i'll do like i'll say that, okay like this month and um, this weekend i need to attend this mm. book club or this month i won't be able to attend book club because these are my commitments financially emotionally and mentally okay yeah. what book would you say then has changed your perspective to life or how you do business if um what book what book has stood out Gee, for you yours. yeah I read so many books just one okay i'm going to say the value in the valley because that's the book that the value in the valley by yana vanzant oh okay i'm actually going to call that one out as one of the books because that's the book that i picked up after I had a traumatic experience and it's a book that I keep on going back to certain chapters okay because it talks about the different valleys valleys of success and you know um valley of commitments and it's got so many that and then um recent a recent recent book that has changed how I do life and business and everything is um Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Conversations mm. which has put them into a book it's absolutely amazing because I can even read it as a devotional at times yeah when i feel like okay i need to go back because you learn so much mm. from that and i believe that you can never stop learning from other people's experiences and and the things that they 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 are where they at in life and that's what I love about that book because it's got all the different guests that she's had oh, and she's yeah. put it in I think writing I the book that you're talking about yeah. oh I, I love that book yeah so yeah okay um i'm going to ask you two last questions okay how how do you define success for yourself success is peace mm. for me um and uh a success is being at peace with who i am and doing what i'm supposed to be doing mm. on the side of life mm. that's what success is to me uh it's changed so much cuz back then success for me was like success is not worrying about bills is not like like yeah, yeah those are like byproducts but for me success to me is being at peace with who i am and doing what i'm supposed to be doing on the side of life Sure. Then I'll know that okay. I know that's when I know that I'm being successful. Yeah. Like even coming for um this podcast interview, it's 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 a, it's, it's, it's a reflection of success for me because mm. it means that okay, I'm starting to do what I'm meant to do mm. on the side of life and that gives me joy and that gives me peace. Mm. So that's what success looks like for me. Sure. What is the one thing that you thank your young self for? Sure. <laughs> I I I thank my 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 young self for um always starting. Mm. Always starting actually. 
I think that's one thing that I've been able to be good at. I will start and I'll continue. And my young self was actually like that mm. when I think about it. <laughs> um, just always like raising her, her hand. Yeah. And saying, I want to do this. Or I can do this. Or yeah. Even when people say you can't, yeah. she'd always say, I'm going to do this. I'm doing it. Ah, it's done. So I thank my young self for always starting because I think so many times we're so afraid to start because we are seeking external validation. Right. So that's what I thank my young self for. Mm. And that's what I've been able to do and to improve. That's beautiful. And I always think that actually perfection will never come. Until you embrace that you are imperfect, right? You allow yourself to start any time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Pabi, for your time. I don't want to stop this conversation. Me too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it has to. It has to come to an end. Thank you so much for trusting me with your story and for being courageous enough to share it with the world. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> hey, journeyers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Journey on Earth podcast. Here, every listener who tunes in to listen is never taken for granted. I appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to help the podcast continue bringing you incredible guests by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. You can also share the podcast with your friends and family who may need the message from this episode. Until next time, keep on seeking and finding the things that ignite you. Keep on journeying, you journeyers. Chat to you soon. Bye.